Hello, everyone, listening in on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are sold. Welcome to another episode of Tech Tuesdays. I know this is really late, but at least it's on Tuesday. Um, so yeah, today we're going to be talking a lot of Apple news. A lot of Apple stuff has been uh, coming out uh, this month, um, uh, particularly regarding one certain big-time YouTuber. Um, but we're going to be talking about that, about uh, there's a new software update out, and also, you know, more, more um, you know, rumors about the future. So yeah, strap in, buckle up, and get ready for... Tech Tuesdays with Sir Cal. Roll intro. You're listening to Geek Source Entertainment. So the first thing I wanted to talk about has been a big story all week, and that's regarding Linus Tech Tips dropping, or not dropping, but breaking his iMac Pro and Apple refusing to fix it. And this was an interesting story because it brought up an interesting discussion of, you know, what do, what do companies have the right to reject service, even if you're willing to pay? Because the situation came down to they took apart the iMac Pro, broke some things, and then when they sent it to Apple, Apple refused to fix it. Now, the, the thing is, is I've always been on Apple's side just from the basic fact that they broke the terms of service. One of the terms of service when you buy an Apple product is if you open the device, if you take it apart, you are potentially, um, like, you know, you, you're voiding your uh, availability to have it repaired. Um, it's just they're not going to service this. And one of the things that I've heard from, you know, reading the comments and uh, on, on the YouTube videos discussing this is that there are the occasional Apple Store employees or Apple repairmen who have talked about it and mentioned the reason why this is, is because they don't want to be liable for something that you did. Like, say, for example, you broke your computer, took it apart, tried to fix it, and then your fix you know, doesn't truly fix it, so you take it in, and then in the process of, you know, them trying to undo your fix, air quotes, um, they break something further, then they are responsible for fixing those parts, which would cost them money, and so it's just kind of a liability thing. Also, too, the reason why I've been kind of on Apple's side is this is not a uncommon terms of service. This is something that Samson does as well. You can read their terms of service and it says that, oh, you take apart the, the part and they might not, they, they may not service you if, the, if you do enough damage that, uh, you know, they deem it's not worth fixing. Um, and also, you know, one of the analogies Linus used in defense of, well, is if you had a car and you had it insured and you drove it into a pole on accident or something like that, then, you know, they would be, they would, you know, have to cover at least some of it. And thing is, is actually, it's kind of up in the air. Some, some insurance won't cover a uh, repair if you total the device. It's why Liberty Mutual makes their 
primary campaign on why uh, you should go with them because not all insurance companies cover it if you total your car. Um, and they'll say, sorry, it's, and so that's not quite a perfect analogy. And also, it doesn't work too because I don't know, it just... If you took apart your car, if you went and took it apart, started mangling it around, you know, and broke the engine, you're going to be out, you know, the the insurance and the dealer are not going to fix it. It's something that, sure, maybe you could go to a mechanic, have them fix it, but you're definitely going to be out the money, like all of it. Um, and of course, maybe there are cases where insurance will cover that. I don't know, but it's just... The fact of the matter is, is Linus Tech Tips should have understood that they violated terms of service and they really don't have anyone to blame but themselves you could make a discussion about whether or not it's ethical that that uh someone should not be allowed to open a device up that they bought and paid for and i think that's a much better discussion but you can't have a discussion about why you, you know you can't turn it into well they should have fixed my device when you violated their terms of service you broke your end of the agreement they don't have to hold up anything anymore they don't have to hold up their end of the agreement because you didn't hold up yours so that's kind of how i feel about that and also quick note um apple users ios 11 got an update today 11.3.1 uh this fixes an issue that was actually it was going to connect to something i would talk was going to talk about um is that some um, you know kind of in relation to this uh you know fixing your own devices thing um some iphones were reporting that uh if they had a third-party display you know they had they broke their display took it into a third-party uh shop had it fixed like you know at the mall i fix it that sort of thing and it wasn't an apple display like an official apple display it was a a um third party a non-apple design display then it would some something about the software wouldn't recognize touch response anymore so they they changed something uh, behind the scenes which is why it only changed just now and not like you know several years ago you know when iphones became more common i don't know but um this was fixed with this patch now of course you're kind of in a stuck place if you updated your phone to ios 11.3 can't exactly get this update now because uh, you're kind of stuck at that point where uh you know you, you can't do anything you won't can't like get anywhere on your display but um nonetheless uh it is there they did fix it and so future future phones that uh have third-party displays shouldn't have a problem updating anymore uh so yeah that is the first couple of topics uh for today i'd love to hear your thoughts So next topic was uh, not Apple related. This section will be not related to Apple at all. Um, but this topic that I talked about this last week, today was the day that Spotify unveiled their new app redesign, something like that. And it was in an event in New York City today reporting, uh, I'm reading off the Verge here, verge.com. Um, basically it's coming down to they have a new experience for the free users. You know, there's Spotify, which is free, and Spotify Premium. And Spotify, the free version of Spotify, if you have, um, if you don't have a premium subscription and you're listening to Spotify without a subscription, the free app is you're stuck listening on shuffle uh you can select an album select an artist select a playlist whatever it shuffles it you can't change that it's one of the things that uh that 
regulates that that is regulated by the service to try to get you to uh, pay. Also, the non non unending ads um, is also a thing that tries to get you to switch over to the premium service. So, what is different with this new um, with this new version of the free app? And that's free listeners will now get on-demand access to 15 select playlists. You can play any song you want inside those playlists and are no longer stuck in a world of shuffled playback. You'll have to deal with shuffle beyond those 15 playlists, but this is still an, a significant improvement over how things have been until now. Eh, that doesn't really interest me, honestly. I mean, you're still stuck with what the app wants you to listen to. Um, like, you know, at least with the shuffle option, I had the option of being able to listen to everything, uh, and it's, you know, I'll be shuffled, but I could at least listen to just what I wanted to hear. If I didn't care that it was shuffled, you know, I could select anything I wanted to. I I think it's okay. This doesn't really interest me because for me, playlists, I don't really listen to a whole lot of playlists, which is why I'm, I'm an Apple music guy. I mean, really, the only playlist I listen to that's not, like, created by me is a, the, the My Favorites playlist on Apple Music. As you know, Tuesday's Favorites was once a show that I did, um, but of course it just got too long. You know, I had, like, something 20 songs or so every week, and trying to stretch those songs out with all the topics I wanted to talk about every week was getting... Uh, was getting tiring because by the end of it I would find have nothing to talk about and still have like 10 songs to cover um so no you know and I'm fine with that I know some people prefer Spotify's um Spotify's mixes I personally think Apple Music is perfect uh the main reason why I'm with Apple Music and over Spotify is I will agree Spotify has the better at least as of right now I know the there was also a UI redesign with this update I'll have to see if maybe I like this new UI or not um, but this, the new, um, but most people agree Spotify's u- user interface was better than Apple Music's. I would agree there, but the reason, main reason why I like Apple Music, and I think I've talked about this in the past, is basically it's super easy if you have an Apple Music subscription to get your music that you own outside of Apple Music on your iCloud Music Library. If you just turn that on on your iTunes library, it uploads everything that is outside of Apple Music. It uploads your entire library to your Apple Music, um, play, uh, to your library, and it can be accessed on all your devices. I was shocked at how smooth the transition was. All I did was, you know, on my computer, I opened up iTunes, and my computer's old, you know, so and it's still running the latest iTunes, so that says something. And all I did was I told it turn on iCloud Music Library, it uploaded everything, and then boom, I had all my music on all my devices that have Apple Music um, signed into my Apple ID. Um, whereas with Spotify, it's a lot different. I have to create a playlist for music that aren't available on Spotify. I have to then, you know, import that playlist, you know, for offline use, and then. Um, and then I can listen to it somehow there, if I remember correctly. And of course, I couldn't listen to it just as an album. It didn't store it as an album. It stored it as a playlist, which is really annoying to me because of the fact that, um, you know, I don't, I, I'm very OCD. I, I want my albums to be albums. I want my playlists to be playlists. I don't want them interconnecting, you know, and and again, because I don't really have that many playlists. I have like a few playlists that I create per like artist where I'll take all my favorite songs 
and just combine them into one giant playlist so best of every single album um and then yeah and they're not super organized i do try to keep a flow among them but uh i'm not much of a playlist person typically i'll just upload an album to if i like an album i'll add to my library that's it um and although i will say i wish apple music had handoff it's really weird because the podcast app has a handoff and what this is is if you have multiple apple devices um like a computer an ipad you can hand off like if you're listening or doing something on a certain app when you open your ipad or like say if i'm doing something on my phone like if i'm writing a note on my phone and i open up my ipad it'll give me the option on the dock on the home screen to then me open that app on my ipad it'll you know resume the task from where it was on uh on on my phone on the ipad the podcast app does this surprisingly enough on uh so like if i'm listening to a podcast on my phone and i want to switch it over to my ipad i can do that i can't do it with music i don't know why and since they do it with an already audio related app with their podcast app i don't know why they can't do it with their music app that is the one thing i do miss from spotify is when i was listening to something on uh spotify i could go to my computer and resume listening there and then i could go to my phone and listen there i did have a premium subscription for a little while but i just didn't feel like the differences between apple music and spotify were enough and the biggest thing for me was i like to have all my music easily accessible on my library and apple music made it the easiest it was just like at a push of a button and suddenly i waited an hour and then after that hour i had all my music you know everywhere on all my devices and it was incredibly smooth there are there were a few albums that were missing album artwork and there were a couple albums where you know it, it duplicated the tracks because it had both the apple music version and my library version i had to kind of rearrange it but for the most part it was smooth sailing really liked it another topic that was uh not apple related is uh the u.s is investigating at&t and verizon over wireless collusion claim this comes from the new york times and the justice department has opened an antitrust investigation into potential coordination by at&t verizon and a telecommunication standard organization to hinder consumers from easily switching wireless car- carriers according to six people with knowledge of the inquiry um basically the uh, justice department in february issued demands to at&t verizon and the gsma a mobile industry standard setting network for information on potential collusion to thwart a technology known as eSIM. said two of the people who spoke on the condition of um staying anonymous because the details are confidential the technology lets people remotely switch wireless providers without having to insert a new sim card into a device at&t and verizon face accusations that they colluded to try to establish standards that would allow them to lock a device their network even if it had e-sim technology uh, the investigation was opened about five months ago after at least one device maker and one wireless carrier filed formal complaints with the justice department one of them was surprisingly apple uh or unsurprisingly i should say um representatives for the justice department and apple declined to comment that is surprising um yeah i i think that's very interesting honestly it doesn't shock me at all i mean that's just yeah how it goes you carriers are very possessive um of their phones that are on their network you you know it's how they make revenue really um they don't if, if you have a phone 
that's from another carrier, you bring it over to, like, say, if I went from Verizon to T-Mobile. I know some phones can do it, but it's been getting, it's harder for older phones to do it. And, uh, yeah, this is actually kind of surprising, um, because, uh, yeah, it, well, it's not really surprising, but it is interesting, because, I mean, it would, it would make sense with their, with their, with carriers modus operandi, because it's like, you know, they don't want you switching. They do everything they, they can to get you from switching to get more of your money. And then also, um, I mean, this was interesting because just earlier today at the store I work at, I had a guy come in, he had bought a phone that he said he read online. It was compatible with the CDMA network that Verizon uses. And then the, he had dual SIM support, in which dual SIM support allows for, you know, being able to basically put two SIMs in, and when you're when you don't have access to one SIM for one carrier, you can automatically it switches over to the second SIM for data and calling and all that. Is how I understand it. And this could this is essentially very helpful for like international. So if you're in the U.S. and you're part of Verizon, and uh, you know you have Verizon's network for your U.S it pulls from that sim card and it reads the data off that sim card and then when you go to like say europe where you have a contract with another carrier it will then pull rather than pull from verizon and force you to pay verizon's ridiculous uh prices for uh support you can just it just pulls from another carrier that has better rates and uh, is far as i understand that's how it goes um yeah my video just cut out so uh yeah it looks like 10 minutes is the time limit i guess on this filming or maybe i ran out of storage i don't know uh, um but yeah so yeah I, that and of course this phone was not was not uh it didn't work it didn't work with the uh with our network even though it technically yes had i mean i couldn't tell for sure uh, if it had CDMA capabilities, maybe he was lied to. I don't know, but uh, it, Verizon wouldn't recognize the device, and that makes sense. They want you paying for their plans. Um, so, yeah, that, that doesn't surprise me. Carriers would pull this stuff. So, yeah. So coming back around to Apple, um, yeah, this next report is an interesting one. Um, basically, according to Mac Rumors, uh, Apple is looking to first reduce the price of the iPhone like 10 follow-up next year. You know, the iPhone 10 was quite controversial this year uh, because of its $999 price point. $1,000 for a smartphone for some people was too much. Um, of course, for people like me who you know have no uh, delusion that Apple products have ever been cheap this was not a surprise i mean the industry is just moving that way but for a lot of people it was a total shock that you know apple would be charging top dollar um but nonetheless this has brought a stress on apple to drop the prices for the follow-up phone to the iphone 10 because the iphone 10 for itself was controversial you know no touch id instead uh, it was replaced with face id the notch on the display at the top you know it was a very controversial device and the price point didn't help that um so apple is negotiating with samsung to try to bring uh the price down for the oled panels part of the reason why this display why um why the iphone 10 was so expensive this year is because apple was forced to go to their number one competitor and that is samsung for 
the display on the phone and let me tell you good job Santa every time I every time I, I uh, hear about this I think Samsung knocked it out of the park and of course Apple has rumors are Apple's investing in LG to try to bring their displays up give them supplies it was recently reported though that they're not gonna meet Apple's demands at least not for 2019 because the report was that Apple's going to be going with uh, uh, Samsung for 2018, and then in 2019 maybe look for uh, look for LG, see if LG. But it looks like they're, according to the reports, are LG is not going to have the supplies um, ready for 2019. Um, of course, things could change. Who knows? But uh, as of right now, it's looking like LG is just not going to be able to meet demands. And of course, after seeing the display the that was on the Pixel 2 XL. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I was very glad Samsung was the one providing the display, and I'm glad Apple didn't touch LG this year because holy crap, was that display bad on the Pixel 2 XL. Did not have as wide of a color representation as other OLED panels, and also that notoriously blue tint that you take the phone and if you tilt it just half an inch away from you, you know, from a straight on angle, and it just started turning blue. It's hideous. Whenever my my uh, uh, coworker who has a Pixel 2 XL shows me something on his on his Pixel uh, on his phone, whenever he shows me something, it's always like it always looks weird. To me and then I realized oh it's because I'm not looking at the device straight on um, and so it looks blue and that's why it's part of the, it's a bulky display um, now of course this is confusing that they would try to demand Samsung drop the price because of course you know LG because of these reports but maybe these reports are you know that LG is not up to par might be you know a bit of a false flag in order to try to bring the price on maybe LG does have some uh, does have some power in this and maybe that'll be a negotiating tactic um, and Apple is expected to purchase up to 100 million OLED displays from Samsung in 2018 to be used for the current iPhone 10, in addition to a second-generation iPhone 10 sequel and the so-called iPhone 10 Plus. Really hope they change the names for these. I really think they're just going to be known as the iPhone after this year, um, just because 10 is kind of like always a cutoff point. Mac OS after Mac OS 10, it's always been 10.1 whatever um high sierra is technically 10.13 point something i think um so i think that's how the iphone is going to work you know the ipads after a certain point just became the ipad 2017 ipad 2018 whatever you know the new ipad of the year um so yeah that's that's an interesting interesting topic i think um is it'll be interesting to see if the prices if apple can truly bring the prices down on um the iPhones uh, for 2018, I think that'd be a win for them uh, because it would actually speed them. It would be them being seen as something pro-consumer. Uh, and then we have some news. We may be seeing a new iPhone SE. Uh, this has been something that's in the rumor mill for a while. Then it looked like it wasn't going to happen, especially because a lot of people expected it to happen back earlier this month when they announced the new iPad. Everyone thought that, oh, new cheap iPad will also mean new cheap iPhone for education and then it didn't happen um, so people then after that were like well the rumor must be false there must not be an SE uh, an SE sequel coming but uh, nonetheless there was a bunch of um, there was a regulatory database uh, that tipped the hat on AirPods iPhone 7 new MacBooks and the latest iPad is back this is coming from 9to5Mac this time a new 
Um, so that same Eurasian regulatory database that announced the AirPods, iPhone 7, MacBooks, um, they're, they're back. They're announcing that, um, you know, they're, they've announced that there could be, you know, up to 11 iPhones on, uh, for the 2018 slate. Um, the Eurasian, let me just read the article because it's a bit easier. The Eurasian Economic Commission database has a, had a fantastic track record of accuracy, so it shouldn't be discounted. In this case, um, this particular filing isn't very helpful at nailing down what exactly the new iPhone is, but nonetheless, um, common sense helps, helps us eliminate some possibilities kind of hard to read this article sorry uh i don't know why i'm having a hard time however it's a safe bet that this isn't the iphone 11 or iphone 10 plus the three major new flagship phones for 2018 are firmly set for debut in the third quarter um blah 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 okay could be a variant on the iphone 10 one report floated the idea that apple could update the internals of the iphone 10 this summer perhaps make it cheaper to manufacture before launching a new 2018 factures in september that's an interesting rumor i haven't heard that one before um However, there has not been any corroboration for this from other publications. Yeah, I haven't heard this rumor before. This leaves the iPhone SE, probably the best bet for a new iPhone launching in the next couple of months. The current iPhone SE was released in March of 2016, so it's overdue from a refresh for, uh, according to Apple's typical product roadmaps. Um, There have been various rumors about what the SE could be called. Um, But yeah, so apparently there's like 11... According to this, sorry, according to this, there's like uh, 11 different iPhones being announced, like 11 different serial numbers and all that. Um, And it's just very interesting. And the iPhone SE could very well be one of them. Now, speaking of the SE, a new SE could launch in May with Touch ID, the A10 Fusion chip, and without the headphone jack. Um, so this is coming from again Mac rumors. Rumors are it's gonna they're gonna launch the iPhone SE in May. Uh, case makers. This is coming from makers who make the case. Said the second generation model will retain the same physical size as current iPhone SE, and Touch ID is expected to remain. Um, and the device will continue to have a four-inch display. Um, but following the design of the iPhone 7, will not have a headphone jack. Um, and like the iPhone 7 and 7 Plus, the new SE will be powered by Apple's latest gen A10 Fusion chip. Uh, the, or last generation A10 Fusion chip, sorry. Um, and the report speculates that the SE may have a glass back for wireless charging. So, yeah, and this is, this, this comes right after the, the rumor that, uh, new iPhones are coming out from the Eurasian, uh, Economic Commission very interesting i personally that i really like the idea of an iphone se2 especially if it because i've always loved that classic design especially if it has a glass back for wireless charging and i don't really care about the headphone jack if it stays or leaves due to the fact that i do have airpods i've not connected uh, my headphones to any of my any of my devices in a long time um and the one thing that honestly surprises me is that the idea of the a10 fusion chip instead of the a11 uh, being in the SE2 because the last SE had the same chip that was in the iPhone 6s, the current gen chip. 
So people are thinking, and of course, this was also back in the day, back when the SE rumors were coming out, it was saying the same thing. It would be using a last-gen chip. Then the SE comes out and it's using a current gen. So it could be, maybe this could be wrong. Maybe we'll see an iPhone SE with an A11 chip. That would be interesting. Um, yeah, and it would be, I would also like second gen. If, if I can make a request, I'd like second gen touch ID, uh, just because first gen is horrible for me. And then also 3D touch. But yeah, that kind of wraps up everything. A lot of Apple rumors, a lot of Apple stuff. Um, let me know what you think. Uh, I'm running out of time. I, I'm almost going to lose time on my video again. So, uh, But yeah, let me know what you think down below, and I will see you next week.